0: You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our, on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now, here is today's message. You know, God has called us as people of God When Christ calls us, he doesn't just call us out of something. He calls us into something. He doesn't just call us from our current place. He wants to move us to a new place. For the last few weeks, we've been talking about the table and how important the table is and how our faith life, the Christian life, is like this table. This table is set up with all of God's goodness on it. All the things that I love, I love bread, I love bread too much. I love pineapples, I love fruit. now, if we could keep the brisket good, I would have put a big fat brisket on here, but that might stay, that might get gross in here, but god 's table is full of his goodness and his mercy and his love, and He has invited us into this place of sweet communion with him, into this place of relationship, this face-to-face, heart-to-heart relationship with the Father. That's why Christ came for us. He came for us so that we may know him and know him fully. He came to us so that we may sit at the right hand of the Father and, and eat with him and dine with him and know him and, and let the Father speak into our lives and he tell us who we are. He gives us our identity. He gives us our purpose. He tells us who we are when we sit with him. So God calls us out of things, but he also calls us into things. When Jesus called you, he just didn't call you out of hell and into heaven. Because I think so many of us, because I was one of those guys. I got saved when I was was young. I was probably 12 or 13 years old. I said the magic words. I said the prayer. And then I went about my business because I I was scared. I said, Mom, I don't want to go to hell. And she said, well, say this prayer. And, you know, ask ask God to forgive you. And I understood that. And I said, okay, God, I get that. Good. I'm not going to hell anymore. I'm going to heaven. Praise God. But my relationship with God, there was no relationship with God at all. Now, I'd pray when I needed something. I'd pray when things went bad. But I didn't have this relationship with God that I so desperately wanted. I didn't understand what God was calling me into. I just wanted him to call me out of hell and into heaven See, Jesus didn't come and die and be resurrected to change your address. I've said this for the last few weeks. He came, he, he, was, he was crucified, and he was risen to give us a new nature, to give us a new, a new state of being. He came to give us life that's truly life. He came so that we may sit with the Father. Ephesians 2 puts this beautifully. It says, but God... So rich in mercy that he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life, true life, true life. When he was raised Christ from the dead, it's only by God's grace that you have been saved for he was raised from the dead along with Christ. Do you get that? We were raised along with Christ. He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Let me give you a picture of this. When Christ sat down at the right hand of the Father, we sat down with him. We are seated in the heavenlies with Christ Jesus. Where Christ sits, we sit because we are united with Christ Jesus. We have direct access to the Father because of what Christ has done for us. It's no wonder why Jesus tied the kingdom of God into a parable about a, a, ban- a banquet table, about a feast, about a wedding feast. What is more beautiful than a wedding feast? I went to a wedding last night. It was, it was great. We had tacos. <laughs> best, best thing ever. But it wasn't about the food at the wedding. I mean, the food's great. The atmosphere's great. But why do you go to a wedding? You go there to celebrate the joining Of two lives, the joining of two individuals. And the kingdom of God is like this. There's a joining of man and God. There's a a unification that happens when, when Christ stepped into eternity, when Christ stepped out of the tomb, we were brought in. We are united with Christ Jesus. And because we're united with Christ Jesus, he likens that to a wedding. If you look all through scripture, he talks about our relationship with Christ Jesus and the Father like a wedding. We are the bride of Christ, the church. He is the groom. There's a unification that happened. And so no wonder Jesus likened the kingdom of God to a wedding feast. We can read this in Matthew chapter 22. It starts in verse 1. I'm going to go ahead and read it. The parable of the great feast, he talks about this great feast that, 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 the, that the Father has set up for us. So Jesus also told them other parables, but this is the one that stands out. He said the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. When the banquet was ready, he sent all of his servants to notify those who were invited, but they all refused to come. So he sent other servants to tell them the feast has been prepared. The bulls and fattened calves have been killed and everything is ready. Come to the banquet. It's all ready to come eat. But the guests, had their, they, they had invited, ignored them. They went their own way, one to his farm, another went to his business. Others seized his messengers and insulted them and even killed them. And so the king, doing what a king does, he was furious. You killed my messengers. So he sent his army out to destroy the murderers and burn their town. And he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready. And the guests I invited are not worthy of honor. So now, go out into the street corners, invite everyone you see, so the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike. And the banquet hall was filled with guests. Every seat was filled. But then the king came in to meet all the guests, and he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding, and he said, friend, how is it that you are here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, Bind his hands and his feet and throw him out in utter darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. So Jesus likens the kingdom to this wedding feast, this invitation to come into the Father's house. Like I said, what is this wedding about? It's about the groom, it's about the bride. We are the bride of Christ. He has invited us in to be the guests of honor, to have a front row seat to the kingdom of heaven. He's invited us in to take in all the goodness of God. We are adopted in and made children of God. That's the beauty of the Christian faith. We have this access to God that nobody else has through Christ Jesus. It's not by our works. It's not about how good we are. It's not about how hard we try. It's not how many times I come to church or do all the right things. Our faith is built on this one founding thing, Jesus Christ, Him crucified and him resurrected. Because of that resurrection and because of the crucifixion, we have direct access to the Father. And it's not by our own works, but it's by Christ's works. He works so that we may sit and eat. He set the table. He set all this up. And he says, come and see that I am good. Come and taste and see the goodness of God. He sent the invitation out. He sends it out, but I get it. You don't, it's hard to accept every invitation that comes your way because we don't know what to expect when we get an invitation. How many of you have got an invitation in the mail? And you look at it, and you're like, I don't know if I want to go to that party because I don't know about those people. Or it's got a weird name. What is this? <laughs> you know, we, we have those invitations that we, we just don't want to answer because we don't know what to expect, and so what do we do? We fill in the blanks. And we make every excuse not to go. But I'm telling you, there's some invitations in your life that you need to take because they're going to change the course of your life. Yes. One summer night, my friends and I were sitting at home. I lived with him and he said, hey, let's go cruise South Maine because we have nothing else to do back in the day, you know. And, and so I answered that invitation. I said, OK, I'll come with you. And we cruise up and down South Maine, and then I meet this beautiful young lady. She captivates my heart. <laughs> yes, I met my wife, Debbie, cruising South Maine. I'm a <laughs> sinner. I admit it. Okay. But I answered that invitation. I answered that call, and it changed my life forever. I answered that call. One day I came to this church, kicking and screaming. A lot of you know my, my backstory, But then I met Jesus. He crashed into my life. And I accepted that invitation to follow him. But really what shifted in my life is one day, there were some men in the church who rose up and said, hey, we're going to start a men's group because I feel like this is important. And they said, we're going to start meeting on Monday nights. And so I had just—I was, I was kind of new to the faith because my actual conversion is what I call it. But my, my final surrender to Christ. And they said, hey, we're going to start this men's group. Do you want to come? So the invitation was given to me. But being the man that I am, like most men, I don't need nobody. I got it. I'll figure it out myself. I'm too busy. I got too much stuff going on. I didn't want to go. But my wife said, honey, you need to go to this men's group. And I said, well, I don't want to go. She's like, why? I said, I don't know. I just don't want to go. She's like, it's not good enough. You need to go to this men's group. In a more than one way. way. <laughs> In a little better way. But she said, you need to go. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. And I jumped in my car and I drove up here and I pulled in the parking lot and there was a few cars here and I'm like, I don't need to be here. And so I drove off and I, I, and I circled the church like three times going up and down this road on South Bowie. And then I'm like, all right, all right, I'm going in spot with God. So I, I came in, I parked, I walked in and those guys in there met me with open arms and I met some men who took me in and they showed me what it was to be a man of God. They showed me what it was to be a husband to my wife. They showed me what it was to be a father to my children. They showed me what it was to follow Jesus and not be weird about it. They showed me how it was to be a man and still be a servant of God. I'm so thankful that I answered that invitation, even though I refused it so many times. And this is a great opportunity to have a shameless plug for Monday nights here. We we do men's group Monday night at 630. Guys, you want to be here. Women, we have a women's group for you at seven. Telling you, if you allow godly people in your life, it will change the course of your life. So many of us try to do life solo. You cannot do life solo. You've got to have men and women that love you and care for you and see the best in you and have enough courage to call you out when you need to be called out. You need those people in your life. That's an invitation I was so glad that I didn't pass up. See, there's these moments in your life where you get these invitations and you make every excuse why you cannot go or why you do not want to accept the invitation. But there's moments in your life when you get those, expect- when you get those invitations that will change the course of your life. Sometimes those invitations are weird. I got an email a couple weeks ago inviting me to this event in Cedar Hill called School of the Spirit. And I opened it up on my email. I didn't say anything like what was going on with this event. I didn't tell you what was going on, what to expect or anything. And so I started filling the blanks. School of the Spirit. They're going to have snakes. They're going to have all these weird things. I don't know what to expect. Um, uh, and so I look at it, but there's this morbid curiosity in me that rises up sometimes when I see things like this. And so I invited some guys in the church, some people in the church said, hey, there's this thing in Cedar Hill. I'm not sure what it is. You want to go with me? And so an elder and our worship pastor came with me, and we went to it, and they're like, what is this? Like, I had no idea. I don't know any of these people. I don't know. And so we get there. We show up at the church. It was amazing. It was phenomenal. I mean, we got filled up. We were, you know, God just poured into us. God showed us, just showed us that we needed him so much, and it was a beautiful, glorious time. And when we were leaving there, we just kind of looked at each other. Man, how bad do we need that? How bad do we need that fresh touch from God? And, you know, our worship pastor Christian said, man, I didn't know how it was so empty. Because as believers, man, we're always giving out. We're always doing all these things. We've got our heads down and we're just focusing. And we never stop to sit at the table and just let God love on us, let God fill us, let God give us the goodness of who he is. And it's in those moments where we answer those invitations. That's when God meets us. So here's my question to you. Why haven't you answered the invitation That God has for you. Why haven't you came and sat at the table that God has set for you, that God has placed for you, man? At this table, there's so much goodness. There's so much. It's just so good. If you just knew, if you just under, if I could tell people the goodness of God. And they would understand it, how their lives would shift, how their lives would change, how, how they would walk differently, act differently, speak differently. There would be joy on their face despite the circumstances around them. People wouldn't be able to get them down because they know where they belong. And they're sitting at the table of the Lord, and nothing can touch them. Nothing can touch them. So why haven't you answered the invitation? Because at this table, you get a new identity. At this table, you find healing. Healing. At this table, there's 12 things that happen. If he puts a list up. (laughs) At this table, I'm loved. I feel loved when I'm at the table. When I sit with my family and we share a meal together, there's love there. There's love there. When I sit at the table of the Lord, I'm chosen. Like, I belong here. How awesome is that? that God chose me to sit here and to eat with him and to have this relationship with him. He has chosen me. I'm adopted into his family. That's a beautiful thought. At the table, I'm called. It's like, come eat. Come, come sit down with me. Come, come have a meal with me. Come, come let me just pour into your life. He calls us into something, but he also calls us out. Only a father and tell us who we are. Only a father can truly tell us who we are. He created us. He knows who we are. He pours into us. He calls us out. He calls out of us what he put into us. At the table, I'm restored. Man, what in your life needs restoration today? So many of us, man, we've had things stolen from us, had things taken from us, there's, there's things in our life that are just beaten and broken and, and, and thrown on the ground. And, and God wants to restore that when you answer that invitation. He wants to give back to you what the enemy has stolen. He wants to give back to you all of those things. At the table, I'm delivered. Like He pulls all the things out of me that are not of him. He pulls all, all, of, the, all of the things that keep me from reaching my full potential. He delivers me from the hand of my enemy. He delivers me from myself. He delivers me and sets me free. At the table, I'm found worthy to sit here. So many times, guys, we don't feel worthy to sit at the table with God. Or if we do, we sit over there at the very end, so far away that we can barely see him. But God wants us to sit right next to him. He wants to have that face-to-face heart to heart relationship just to talk with the father long talks by the fireplace that's what he wants at the table I'm washed clean his words pour over me he speaks into my life he he washes me with his words scripture says that that the, the words of god wash over us and make us clean that's what he does for us at the table I'm set free He's like, don't worry about that, son. That's not going to hold you back anymore. I don't hold that against you. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're set free from that. That doesn't have to control you anymore. That doesn't have any hold in your life anymore because I am your life. At the table, I'm redeemed. He bought me. He paid, he paid for all this. Like this is, a, this is the father's table. I don't have to pay for any of this. If my kids come into my home and want to eat my food, I'm good with that because they're my children. Now, if I eat their, if I eat their food, that's a whole different story. <laughs> I might get into the cereal every once in a while. <laughs> Just saying. But if they want some on pizza, they can have some on pizza. If they want some ice cream, they can get a little bit, but not much. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's paid for. Like, he redeemed you. He, he paid the bill. Like, he paid for you. That's what's beautiful about it. That's what redeem means. He paid your way. Because sin and death had, man, we've, we, we had a check that we could not cash. We couldn't pay that bill. But Jesus paid it for us. And Now he gave us the invitation, come dine. Come sit at the table I've set for you. At the table, I'm healed. There's so much healing at the table. I can't remember how many conversations we've had at the table. I've had with pastors that just poured into me and healed broken things in my life. See, at the table, there's healing at the table. When you sit with your family and you're just able to sit across from them and tell them that they are more than their pain, they are more than the things that are going on in their life, there's healing there. That's the beauty of the table. And at the table, I'm made new. I find my identity at the table. Like, I am made new. I have a new name. Christ has given us a new name. In Revelation, it talks about how, how God writes our name on a white stone that only we know. God knows our true name, God knows our true nature. In Him, we are made new. When we give our life to Jesus Christ, there's a rebirth that happens. The old is gone, the new has come. At the end of the service, we get to baptize. One person, maybe more will come, but it's going to be a glorious thing. It's, it's a picture of what God has done for us. The old life is dead. The new life has come. The old life that was, that was poured into sin and death is gone because Christ died. And when he rose from the dead, we rose with him, new and clean and righteous. That's what happens at the table. And at the table, I'm called a child of God. I have full access to the goodness of God. This is my inheritance. It's my inheritance because of what Christ has done for us. See, the kingdom of God is our inheritance because we're not foster children that have little access to the family inheritance. We're adopted in and given the name of the Father. He's adopted us in as children of God. And because of that, we have full access to God's goodness, God's mercy, his grace, his kindness. It's a beautiful thing to sit at the table and to eat with the Father. So my question is, why haven't you answered the invitation? What's keeping you from doing it? You see, in this parable, Jesus tells the story of some guys that would not answer the invitation, because in the invitation, you have these people. The first group, they were just too busy. I don't have time for this. I got to make a living. I got to go to my farm. I have to go to my business. I have to, I have to I gotta fight and I got to work hard to get what I need. I don't have time to go sit at the table and have a, have a party. I don't have time to go do all that stuff. I got I to feed my family. I got to pay the bills. Tax season's here, like right now. I got to do this. And God's saying, why? <laughs> I've got all you need. I am your source. I am your provision. But we're too busy living. We're trying to make a living that we don't truly live. Jesus called us into true life, life that's truly life. He said in John ten ten. he said this. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I come that you may have life and that much more abundantly. That word life up there, or back there, that word life, it's a noun. It's not a verb. Meaning he's giving you a new state of being. A new state of being alive. He's making you truly alive. I love the way the Passion puts it. It says, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, to slaughter, and to destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect in the fullness until you overflow. That's the overflow of life. That's the life of, of a Christian. That's the life of a believer. There's an overflow. There's an overflow of joy, an overflow of what Christ has done in us, and it spurts out of us. Jesus says that out of us will come What? Rivers, it doesn't say little streams or spurts, rivers of living water. That's overflow. That's what he's called us to do. At the table, I find his goodness. And to me, the guys that went back to their farm, they were too busy trying to pay all the bills and do all the things and, and meet all the needs. And the guys that said, well, I'm too busy, I have to go to my business, they are too, too busy trying to get their identity and purpose out of the things that they do. See, we don't answer the invitation to come to God's table because we think we got it all figured out. We think that I'm good. I got my own business. I got to attend to that. But God's saying to you today, come to the table. You will find what you need. I am your source of life and I am your identity. I am your purpose. I will give you purpose. But also, guys... There's people in here who haven't answered the invitation because you think you have to keep trying hard enough to earn the approval to get to God's table. That's not what Jesus said. In the parable, he said, go out into the corners. Other translations say highways and byways where people just are and invite them in. The good and the bad alike. Nowhere in there does it say that they had to Work 12 hours to get a ticket to come to the table, or they had to do certain things to come to the table. All they had to do is answer the invitation, and so many of us want to answer the invitation because we feel like we have to be good enough first. You're worthy because Christ has made you worthy. He paid the bill. He paid the bill. And then there's these guys, I'm gonna harp on these guys. They're the ones that just do not like Christ. They don't want anything to do with the banquet, They don't want anything to do with the king. They're mad at the king. They're angry at the king. They don't want anything to do with what the king gives them or his son. And so what did they do? They ran off the messengers and they killed the messengers. Now, maybe you never killed anybody over Jesus, but I'm telling you, there's some people in here today that aren't listening to what I'm saying because they're angry with God. They're frustrated with God because God hasn't done the things that they asked him to do or they've experienced pain in their life, and they don't know how to, how to cycle through that, and it's God's fault. Believe me, I was that person for a long time growing up. I was an angry, angry child because things didn't go well for me as a kid. And whose fault was it? It hadn't been God's. If he's all-powerful, then he can stop all this pain, right? And I was so mad at God because he wasn't doing what I thought he should do. But it wasn't until I came to the table and I listened to the Father tell me Son, I was with you that whole time. Even though you were in pain, I was in pain. When you cried, I cried. I loved you. But I knew the plan for your life. And I'm not going to deviate from the plan from your life. I see a greater picture than you ever see. See, that's when we can come to the Father and just trust that His ways are the best and His plans are the best. Because we just feel the pain in the moment, we don't see the outcome in the future. We don't see the things that go past ourselves. I don't see, what's gonna, I don't see what God's going to do uh, in my pain then, and, and it's going to spur off into the future past me and my kids and my grandkids. And I don't see what's going to go past that. All I see is the pain at the moment. But it's what comes out of that, that God works to good. That passage, right? He works good to all those who believe in him. And it's when you get to that point and you say, okay, God, I don't understand this. It hurts and this sucks. I know I just said that in church, but it does. I don't understand it. I, it hurts. But God, I trust you. Because I know that you are good. I've tasted your goodness. And I know that you're good. And so somehow, some way, I know that th- you're going to turn good out of this. Because you love me, and I'm your son and I'm your daughter. And so I pray that you would just. Just release that today and know that God loves you and and just release that pain and answer the invitation. Don't let your pain and your anger and your frustration keep you from coming to the table and enjoying the things of God. And then there's this other fellow in in the passage in the parable, the party crasher. He just shows up. The king comes down and he's like, hey, friend, what are you doing sitting there? You don't have any wedding clothes on. And the guy had no response. He's like, uh, I just saw this food and man, I wanted to eat this food. looks good. You got pineapples? It's my favorite. You got some spam? And and, and the king's like, where's your clothes? You're supposed to be dressed for this party. Because here's what I think happened. Well, I'm just going to visualize it for you and then maybe put it in a way you can understand. This guy gets the invitation. He walks in. Jesus is standing there to greet him. He's like, hey, welcome to my party. Right? So he hands Jesus the invitation, throws the coat at him, says, sweet, where's the food? Oh, there it is. Oh, this is good. And he starts eating it. And the king's like, um, you, you bypassed the whole reason why we're having this banquet. If you would have went to my son over there, the door guy, he would have gave you some wedding clothes. Because here's the thing. These people were invited immediately because the dinner was ready. It was getting cold. And so the king said, go out and get people now to come eat and to come sit here and to come enjoy this wedding feast. So these people obviously didn't have, they didn't have time to go get dressed in clothes. So when they get there, the groom's like, hey, here's some clothes. Put these on. And many believers come to God for just what they can get from God and not for who God is. They come to Jesus because they just need something. Jesus, after feeding the 5,000, he feeds all these people fish and bread. And afterwards, they're all astounded about what Jesus did. And so they run up to Jesus. They follow him. And Jesus gets on to him and is like, you follow me because I gave you fish and loaves. He says, but you really want me? you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Whoa, that's crazy, Jesus. We are you talking about eat your, whoa, no, no, no. I just, want, I just want some bread, man. That's all I want. But Jesus was saying, you want me just for what I can give you. But I want you to want me for who I am. Yes. Because here's the thing. When you accept Jesus, when you receive him, you get the table. Because he's the table. That's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of the Christian life. And so if I can get the teams to come up, that's the beauty of what Christ has done for us. So my question to you is this. Why haven't you answered the invitation? Why haven't you come to the Father and allow him to speak into you and give you what you truly need? Why do you keep throwing the invitation in the trash, saying maybe one day I'll go, maybe next year, you know, he came here this Easter. Maybe next Easter you'll get saved and you'll come to Christ. Maybe you'll, you'll allow him to do these things. Maybe you'll allow him to, to give you some freedom and salvation. Why do you keep denying the invitation? Where are you at? I want you to know that Christ is sending it out right now to you today. He's saying, here's the invitation to come to my table. Here's the invitation to come into my father's house. I'm the invitation. I died for you, I gave my life for you, and I rose for you. And you can have that same resurrected life, full of joy, full of power, and full of God's goodness. Here's the invitation in Isaiah, he says this. Is anyone thirsty? Come let them drink. There's more than enough drink on my table. Even if you have no money, come take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. It's all free because he paid for it. So why spend money on food that does not give you strength? So many of us are hustling and bustling for life and we're weak and we're tired and we're defeated because we're chasing after food that doesn't give life. Why pay for food that doesn't do you any good? Listen to me and and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you the unfailing love I promised to David. See how I used him to display my power among the peoples. I made him a leader among the nations. King David was a clown. I mean, he messed up so many times. Like, he did... If you look at a king, King David wasn't a guy that you like, well, that's a king. But God used him. He displayed his power because he loved David, because David loved him. Yes, he messed up. Yes, he did bad things. God doesn't condone that. But God's saying, even this guy I can use. So guess what? Even you, God can use. David did really... Really rough things. But God still used them to display his power and his glory. And then he goes on to say, I will also command nations. You will also command nations you do not know. And peoples unknown to you will come running to obey. This is the church now. People will come running to listen to the Father through the church. Because I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, have made you glorious. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that, they, that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to God for he will give generously. That's all you gotta do. That's what repentance is. We just change our minds, change the way we think about God, change the way we think about his commandments and we turn to God and say, God, your way is not mine.